Most of the Jewish people in Paul's day expected that the Messiah would come with power and political sway and would defeat the oppressive rulers of the world, the Romans, and establish an earthly kingdom in Jerusalem and live forever triumph with his people. Those who thought he was the Messiah were devastated. You see, Messiahs don't die. They live and conquer and rule. They don't get arrested and beat up and mocked and crucified and leave their people destitute. Well, hello everyone and welcome to Fill the Lamp. Now we exist to help grow and mature the body of Christ as to why they exist and to understand their purpose in serving God. We are in Paul's epistle to the church at Rome, and I have to tell you that what Paul is teaching is of the utmost need for every follower of Christ to understand. So here in Romans 1, verses 3 and 4, Paul says, All of this good news is about his, or God's son, who was from a human perspective born of David's royal line and ultimately designated to be the true Son of God with power upon his resurrection from the dead by the Spirit of holiness. I, Paul, am speaking of Jesus, the Anointed One, the Christ, our Lord. Now you see, the prophets express God's mind and will in the world. Sometimes their messages are a word on target and to the people and powers of their day. At other times, they see and speak about the future. Their words not only predict the future, they speak the word of the Lord, which creates reality and shapes the future. So Paul describes the gospel of Jesus by bringing in the good news on two levels. On a human level, the good news is about God's Son, David's descendant, entering the world to begin the task of restoring it from the damage sin and death have left behind. But the resurrection of Jesus from the dead takes Jesus' sonship to a new level. Now he is the Son of God in power, the one called Lord and Master. So, the first thing Paul says about the gospel of God is that it was planned and predicted long ago in Romans 1-2. It is the gospel which he promised beforehand through his prophets in his holy scriptures. So, the second thing is all about the Son. He says about the gospel of God in Romans 1-3 is that it's all about the Son, the gospel of God, 
which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his Son. Now, the gospel of God has to do it with the Son of God. We need to get two things clear here, my friends, about the Son of God immediately, or we could go far astray. First, the Son of God existed before he became a human being. Look at Romans 8, 3. For what the law could not do, weak as it was, through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. God sent him, my friends, to take on human flesh. So the Son existed as the Son of God before he ever became a man. This means that Christ is and was the Son of God in a way utterly unique, not the same way we are sons of God. And secondly, Christ is himself. God, in Romans 9, 5, referring to the privileges of Israel, Paul says this, Whose are the fathers and from whom, that is, Israel, is the Christ according to the flesh, who is over all, God blessed forever, amen. And in Colossians 2, 9, Paul says, In Christ All the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. So, when Paul says that the gospel of God concerns his Son, he means that it has to do with the divine preexistent Son. The gospel of God is not about God arranging human affairs in a better way. It is about God penetrating human affairs from outside in the person of his Son, who is the perfect image of the Father and is himself God. So, Paul puts a huge weight on the gospel of God by saying, first, that it is promised, planned by God, long before it ever happened, and second, that it concerns his divine Son, the sovereign creator of the universe, has planned good things for the world, and at the center of this plan is his Son. So third, a descendant of David. Paul says about the gospel of God is that this divine son was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh. This says two things at once. First, the Son of God became a man. Why is that part of the gospel of God? Why is that good news? Well, The answer is that all the promises of the Old Testament depended on the coming of the Messiah, Christ, the Anointed One, who would rule as king 
in the line of David and conquer the enemies of God's people and bring righteousness and peace forever. He would be the yes to all God's promises. And that's 2 Corinthians one twenty. So, consider a couple of Old Testament promises. Look at Jeremiah 23 and 5. It says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. And again, in Isaiah eleven ten, he says, In that day, the root of Jesse, i.e., the son of David, Jesse's offspring, will stand as a banner for the peoples, the nations. They will rally to him, and his place of rest will be glorious. So, The gospel of God is the good news that now, after hundreds of years, God has acted to fulfill his plan and promise that a king would come in the line of David. And again, in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, it says, The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Oh, Jesus is the Messianic King, my friends. He is reigning now over the world. He is putting all his enemies under his feet. So, the gospel of God is the good news that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Mark 1, 14, 15 says, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So the coming of the Son of God into the world was the coming of the Son of David, the promised King. Whew, I say, let's pray. Father God, we just praise you and thank you that you have kept your promises. And you, Lord Jesus, are our Savior. You came for a bride, and this is the way that you designed it to be. Father, we just thank you that you were thinking of us because it was planned and predicted. Father God, we just thank you and lift you up. And I lift up every one of my listeners today. Father, as we go through this book of Romans, that, Father God, these are instrumental, basic teaching for the ones that are maturing and growing and getting more intimate with you, Lord. 
We have to understand this is the foundation, Father God, you coming, you creating, and you coming back, Father God. And I can see it on the horizon right now. And we pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, folks, it's been good again. And thanks for being with us today. Maranatha. I'm Neil Parks.